The sing-along podcast would not be possible without the amazing people at Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to record a podcast. First of all, it's free. No hidden fees, nothing. It's completely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or you can upload an already recorded episode directly to the app or the website. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can even monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you've ever had an idea for a podcast but you just didn't know where to get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Hello music lovers, songwriters, this is Casey from Second Echo, and welcome to the Sing Along Podcast. This week's episode features local Las Vegas singer-songwriter Mr. Kelly Dorn. This man is just a wealth of information when it comes to all things music, music business, music industry. His knowledge is encyclopedic at times, and I could have talked with him for probably three hours, but we tried to stay on task and we focused on two specific songs that he's written, one of which you'll get to hear later on in this episode that I believe is just a legendary hit song that's waiting to be discovered. But for right now, let's get started with this first song that has a great story about how it came to be. This is Kelly Dorn with Up Around the Bend. Say goodbye to your family Give the world to your friends Tell them you love them Before you leave them then Look to the future Until you see them again On a bright sunny day Up around the bay You never know Kelly, one of the reasons I chose this song is the story behind kind of how this and a few other songs came to be, and it's the competition we had at the open mic. So we are here at the tap in Boulder City, Nevada, the home of the Thursday night acoustic open mic, and we had this competition where 
Marty, the host, and I, uh, well, I, I got the idea from an open mic that I visited in Phoenix, and they did this every week. They would have, they would, they would pass around a hat or something where people would write phrases or words or whatever. They would draw one out, and at the end of the night, they said, okay, here's the phrase. It's tickled pink. And then they'd be like, now every, all of the songwriters come back next week with a song tickled pink, something about tickled pink or whatever, you know? So I thought, I I just thought that was such a cool concept that we brought that to the tap and we did this competition. The finalists, I think we had five finalists that had to write a song around the phrase, around the bend. So talk to me about where did you go from there? As one of the finalists, we gave you that phrase, go, where did you go from there? Well, um, actually it was, uh, um, it came to me surprisingly quickly. I was, uh, um, kind of uh, stuck doing honeydew stuff around the house because yeah. we had all kind of gone into seclusion. Uh, yeah. And um, so we had the backyard all nice and comfortable for the first time in like five years. And I'm sitting <laughs> on the patio with my acoustic guitar and, uh, um, you know, started writing some songs. So I wrote seven or eight songs. And then I got to thinking about this particular song and I said, you know, a mandolin would be really cool. Yeah. I've never written a song on mandolin. I've yeah. only owned one since Christmas. At the time, I'd only owned one for about uh, three months. Yeah. And uh, the the lyric actually came to me because of, I, you know, I'm a little older than a, a lot of my <laughs> friends. Okay. So, you know, I have a lot of life experience. Sure. And, and the one thing that I... Uh, think that people make a mistake with is they forget to appreciate what they have. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they also tend to forecast things that maybe are not realistic and never going to happen. Well, they may or they may not, but you don't know. Right. And so that was kind of the idea behind the song was just make sure that you tell the people that you love that you love them. Don't forget. Yeah. Because you can get killed walking the dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? And I, you know, I mean, you know, I've lost a lot of people in my life suddenly. Yeah. And, you know, so it was, uh, it was important to me to remind people that um, you don't really know what's coming at right. you in right. life. Yeah. You don't know what life is going to bring to you. It might be wonderful. Yeah. And it might be painful. Yeah. You know, and so when you, uh, you know, when you listen to the lyric, you know, uh, about spend some time with your family, go have a laugh with your friends, tell them you love them in case you never see them again. Yeah. That's happened to me. Yeah. You know, it's like I had a friend who he was a funny character, good songwriter, and he wrote these really odd novelty songs. And <laughs> and he was the kind of guy that if you saw him once a year, he would, you could tell great stories and and everything was was wonderful. But if you saw him twice a year, uh, he owed you money. <laughs> so, you know, he moved away and I never got to see him again. Right. You know, yeah. and, and I wish I had. Yeah. And it was the same with drummer that I had in the eighties, 42 years old, you know, hadn't seen yeah. him in a couple of years. And the next thing I know he's gone. Yeah. So when we put this challenge out, Marty had mentioned, cause Marty and I were the judges for the competition. He said, so Casey, how about you and I do a song just because we're the judges will participate, you know, just to show our street cred or whatever that, you know, we can <laughs> judge this competition. And, uh, and, and I thought, okay. And I didn't know how serious he was. So like we gave you guys two weeks. So the whole first week I kind of sloughed off and I didn't do much with it. Well then like, so the next week at open mic, I go, Oh wait, Marty, are we really doing this song? And he goes, Oh yeah. And I go, crap. I'm like, all right, now I have a week. I, I, I put it off. And so, but man, I found this vein of, there was just some stuff that, that I was going through and continue to be going through at the moment that I just found this vein where that phrase that around the bend just, just locked up, synced up so well to something I was going through that I had it done in about two or three days like that week. And so it's funny because I, I kind of heard that from a few of the different finalists that when they sat down, there was this old trope of around the bend. How many times, you know, like, have you heard that? But they were able to find these really unique ways in different ways, whether it was something personal. I know Joey, the guy that oh, I loved what he, Joey did. Like he found such an incredible way to take this old, tired, 
overused trope and make it into something that was hilarious. It made fun of me and Marty as as the judges. I mean, it was like it was and it was so, very self deprecating. It was self, well. very self deprecating. It was hilarious. Yeah, and for me, that's such a specific element to good songwriting is taking these old traditional things and making them new. Yeah, no, the, the, the truth of the matter is human experience has been the same forever. Yeah. Life, love, death, pain, joy. Taxes. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, th- those kind of things keep, you know, coming back around. So yeah. to me, it's not really tired. It's just, it's just like uh, you're just experiencing for the first time. True. Or you say them in such a way that because of what you're going through, or maybe you just never heard it said in that particular way that it, that takes on new life. And I think that's the cool thing about songwriting is you have those same, let's call them the same 10 themes, whatever they are, but yet the infinite ways that there are to talk about them, to describe them, to emotionally portray them. And I think it's certain writers, certain ways of saying them stand out to different people. And I think that's, what's so unique about songwriting. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, for me, you know, uh, you mentioned Joey and, and the thing that I love about Joey's songs is he writes these great story songs. Yes. And, uh, you know, and uh, they're usually just about, you know, some, some silliness ultimately, but, yeah. but that's his way of coping with loss. And, um, you know, you can tell that the songs are personal, but he's like making fun of himself when he writes right. them. Yes. I've never been much of a story songwriter. I'm not either. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I tend to write, um, observationally or from a, a place in my heart. That's so funny. I'm the exact same way. Yes. You know, yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll observe a situation or I'll I have a particular view of a circumstance and I'll write from that or I'll write from the uh, you know, place of how something made me feel when it, when it came to me. But, you know, usually when stuff comes to me, it comes to me really fast and then I won't write anything for 10 years. You right. Know? Well, I heard somebody talking about this the other day when you're talking about writer's block and this person had a really unique take on it. They're like, I don't really believe in writer's block. I believe you're working on something that's not working and you need to let it go. And I thought, oh, because I think we probably have all had those songs where you're like, you're just pushing on something and you're, you want it to work so bad and it's not working. And then there are others that come just so quickly. And to me, that's such a good way of looking at it and going, okay, if this isn't working, there's a reason it's not working. So let me go to the idea that starts to gain a little bit more momentum, maybe. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you can definitely tell the difference between those two. Yeah, the songs have been flowing pretty good since, uh, since the shutdown. Yeah. And, and part yeah. of it is just having time. Yeah, that's true. You know, to think about things because I've been getting to paid, I've, I've been getting paid to play everybody else's music totally for so long. Yeah. And then get you some know, perspective and, and yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. then, uh, you know, just kind of sit and enjoy. Oh, wow. It's nice out here. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, feel yeah. the breeze and hear the noises in the neighborhood. And, yeah. You know, those, the, you know, it just kind of let, lets you, let your mind go for you. A little weed doesn't hurt, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. we, we don't want to offend the neighbors, so we keep it to a minimum. Right. Right. And, but, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's true. I, I want a song that I, I've done at the open mic, uh, uh, called leave you alone. And I literally wrote the first verse when I was 20. Okay. And I wrote the second verse and there's only two verses to the song. Okay. When I was 30. Wow. And it was, it wasn't that I really was trying to push the song through. The melody was there. It's just, I needed something important to say. Yeah. You know, and so in that particular song, it basically just uh, explains how so many of us have to give up. And and I think it's really kind of what you'd call the middle class paradigm, where sometimes you have to give certain things up to attain the things that are important to you. So like, you know, if you have a dream, that dream may not really line up with your relationships. Sure. You know, whether that be friends or lovers or whatever that is, it may not line up with, with, you know, your circumstance. Yeah. And if you let go of those things, you're not going to be happy with yourself. Yeah. And so that's where that, those lyrics finally, finally came to me. And, uh, it came to me shortly after my brother's death. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, and I realized that, you know, you know, I better get back on this because I'd been playing, 
the whole time. I, I, you know, I think there was about a two month period where I didn't touch a guitar. And that, oh, wow. that was like, yeah. you know, briefly I was frustrated with what was happening with, you know, music and right. been in and out of four or five bands. Uh, and I was yes. like, well, you know, yeah. I'm tired of this crap. We know? all reach those moments where you we're know? just ready to just and sell everything. And I just said, and... no, 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 that's not it. That's not going to work for me because, you know, uh, if nothing else, I got to holler, you know, I mean, you yeah. know, uh, uh, now I'm a fairly good guitar player, but I would rather sing yeah. than play guitar. Sure. So you know, being a, a songwriter is the best combination of both. Yeah. Um, although you know, uh, several of my recent compositions have been strictly instrumental and yeah. interesting. You know, uh, I tend to favor uh, fusion when I compose those. Yes. So, you know, but I like funky fusion. Yes. So, you know, I'm we're going to, we're going to get to that later. Cause I was, <laughs> I was scrolling through your reverb nation and I was like, man, this guy has some range. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing for me is I try not to write the same song twice. But to oh yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's like Bob Dylan just wrote new lyrics to the same song right. 50 right. times yeah. and they're all great. Yeah. You know, I wish I could do that. Well, I want to, I want to talk about your lyrics cause I will say, when you brought this around the Ben song in for the competition, yeah, it was it the was, first one in. It was a great song, and I and I knew it right from the get go. But I will say, you know how it is in that room. Like you don't probably pick up on the lyrics as much as you do. You know, when I sat down and listened to it the other day when it was online, the lyrics blew me away in a specific way that I they never did at the open mic because I don't think I grasped everything that you were saying because of the noise of the room and the, the right. effects on the voice and everything like that. So a couple of things about the song. First of all, you don't find a lot of songs that start with the chorus. And right. I love that. I love that. And to be fair, I don't know that that works a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of a rare vehicle that people use where you just hit them right off the bat with the chorus, but it just totally worked in the song. And I love the fact that you started with the chorus, but there was something else about it that stood out to me. And this is another element of songwriting that I love is I'm going to take, and I'm going to share with you the first thing that popped into my head and it's, it might be a little different from what you intended. And so I'll be interested to see if you meant anything by this, but it was very interesting that the first chorus that you started with was worded slightly different yeah. than the others. And I like that. And so the difference was the later choruses, you say, spend some time with your family, go have a laugh with your friends, tell them you love them in case you never see them again. So it's very uplifting, like, go do this. This is important. Go do this. Okay. But the first chorus says, say goodbye to your family, bid farewell to your friends, tell them you love them before you leave them, and then look to the future until you see them again on a bright sunny day up around the bend. It painted this picture and created this really amazing tension between appreciating your family, having gratitude, and never taking that for granted, but also not allowing that to run your life. Like you still have to go live your life and you have to separate in some sense, separate yourself from your family. And I relate to that so well because I'm from Ohio right. and I love living out here, but I'm far from my family. I love my family. I've, I've got great relationships with my family. I miss them. But at the same time, I would never be able to live in Ohio just because they're there. You know, say like I have to go and be my own person. And so I don't know if you intended it, but that that's that exactly what I intended. And that's just that's what, that's what happened with that other song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to make that statement that, you know, that you've got to, you got to do what's right for you. Yes. You know, and yeah. I think what a lot of people forget, and you know, I've forgotten it many times in my life that in order to, be of service or to care for others, you have to care for yourself first. Yeah. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and you'll just resent them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, I've been through those phases in my life where I resented the people that I took care of because they didn't take care of themselves. It's so easy yes. to take care of wow. somebody who takes care of themselves. This is like you're like giving me some personal counseling right now. So just keep going, keep going. Yeah, you know, if, 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 you know, if, if the person you love or the people you care about care for themselves, yeah. the relationship tends to be fairly easy. And then if they need help, you know that they wouldn't ask for it unless they needed it. You know, so you don't feel that you don't begrudge it. Yeah. You know, you give it willingly and, and you give of yourself willingly, you know, and 
I think that's really the only way yeah. to give of yourself is, you know, you should never, you should never feel like, oh, this sucks, that person, they suck, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I wish, you know, I love them so much, but they're just doing terrible things to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been bandmates and lovers and yeah, ex-wives and, and yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. you know, uh, I finally figured it out. Don't get married and then you'll have a good relationship. <laughs> I've been happily unmarried for the last 15 years with the same person and we have a great relationship. But, you know, um, there's that my son and daughter are married and they have a they have a wonderful relationship. I, I wouldn't right. really want to put. But, you know, I think right. too many people look at. Uh, those type of relationships as this romantic thing. Right. And that's great. Yeah. You should be able to keep a r romantic relationship for however long. Sure. That should not go away. Yeah. But, but people also forget that it's a partnership. Yes. Bringing it back to the family element of what we were just talking about, going and becoming your own person. I feel like for good or for bad, there's a lot of that, you know, going and discovering who you are and being who you are has a little bit to do with whether you call it approval or the expectations of your family or your entire family has a legacy <clears throat> of history that has happened and you want to contribute to that right. in a positive way. And so there's that element of I want to go be my own person because I want to live up to maybe not only my expectations, but I want my family to be proud of me. I want my, you know what I'm saying? So forget, you know, how many, how many times do we hear like, yeah, we want thousands of adoring fans, but I just want my mom or dad to be proud of me or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so well, I think that's part of it too. And I think, you know, I, I think with a lot of, a lot of musicians that I've known and uh, uh, myself included to some extent, there's a line you bought a guitar to punish your ma. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I think that that on some level, you know, my mother was a wonderful singer and yeah. you know, she was uh, offered an opportunity to uh, work with the Fred Waring Orchestra, which was a big deal in the 40s. Hmm. And yeah. she got pregnant and didn't follow that. Sure. But she still remained uh, actively singing until I was born. And she worked with my biological father, who apparently was a very charming but not good person. Yeah. And uh, um, their marriage didn't last long. It lasted long enough for me to come around. Sure. And, uh, um, but he was very much liked here in Las Vegas, you know. And uh, um, the uh, thing about it was that she never really performed after that. But I would hear her sing, and she had a fantastic voice. Wow. So, you know, I got the voice from her. Right. And, you know, five years old, I'm in a basement singing West Side Story, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, you know, musical theater was a big influence on me. And of course, you know, the great songwriters. There was another line here. It spoke to me about several things personally. It says, uh, you never know where life will lead you. You never know where, you, where it ends. Nothing is certain. So just do the best that you can do the best that you can. Whenever my wife and I had been married for a few years before we ever got married, her parents, my in-laws knew very well who I was, what I was about. I was a musician. This was my life goal. This is what I'm chasing after. And they were perfectly fine with it. And at one point after we'd been married a few years, I remember we went back to visit and I was talking with my father-in-law. How did he put it? He said something like, uh, you know, you guys getting by okay? Are you taking care of her? And, and I just said, yeah, I'm doing the best that I can. He's like, that's all I can ask of you. You know what I'm saying? And there was such a freedom. I mean, because typically when you think of like the stereotypical father-in-law, it's like my daughter's not going to marry no, no good musician and <laughs> right, you, better, exactly. you better take care of her and all that stuff. And there was this genuine moment that I had with you him. You could where, have married the butcher. <clears throat> right, exactly. He's got a real job. Right, yeah. <laughs> and there was this genuine moment where, where he just verbalized. He's just like, you taking care of her? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing the best I can. And he's like, yeah, I know you are. And that's all I can ask of you. You know? So there was so much freedom because I tend to be a perfectionist anyway. There's so much freedom hearing that word. Just, just do the best that you can. Don't, don't half it. Just do your very best and that will suffice. So I, I always look at it this way because I understand there's an argument to be made where someone could say, oh, well, if you only do your best, then you never get any better. And that, I don't like framing it that way. I've, I've always had this saying, strive for perfection, but never expect it. 
Right. And right. I love that mentality because that's to say, I'm never going to be perfect, but I, that doesn't mean I shouldn't strive for it. So if you can strive for it, but just realize, okay, I didn't reach perfection. Go figure. That's the way, you know what I'm saying? And you In can the apply. Bible, it's, we all fall short of the glory. Well, for sure. Yeah. If you're a Raiders fan, their slogan has been the pursuit of excellence. Yeah. Not necessarily excellence. the acquisition. No, that's great. That's great. The pursuit great. of excellence. Yeah. No, that's, P- that's Try right to on. be excellent. You know, pursue excellence. And if we all just try to do our best, then your next best will be better. Yeah. You know, so it's like there were times I was lazy about my music. Yes. I would only do as much as I needed Same to here. do Same to here. get yep. through it. And, yep. and now when I see people that do that, it makes me nuts. Yes. You know, and, and it makes you want to grab them by, there's some people at, at like, our open dude, mic. you got something here, but. There's some people yeah. at our open mic I have, I want to, and sometimes do want to grab them by the collar and go, what are you doing? Like move forward. You got, you got to keep moving forward. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. you know, you're good. Yes. You know, but, but it's not going to be given to you. You got to. Well, yeah. and, and then, you know, we, as you say, we're, we're blessed to have some really good songwriters. So, you know, it's like sometimes they sing the same songs again and again and again. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you'd like them to, to, to write some new material. Right. But the thing I think that's been really good about it is those that are so inclined are willing to try things. Yes. Whether they're really done. I, and that's what I love about open mic. I've said this over and over again. Uh, open mic is a safe space for people to experiment and try things. And not only is it that, that's the way all open mics should be. And so for those of you listening, if you go to an open mic and that's not the case, then get, away from, get away from there. Yeah, yeah, because it should be a place where you can come and grow as an artist, as a songwriter, take chances, experiment and try new things. Right. Yeah. yeah I, we, uh, uh, one of the bands I was in was, uh, um, called Driving Wild Blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a few occasions where we would be the backline support and people would get up and do their, their thing. Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't judge it, but I, it, it led me to write this song called Cheap Ass Shoes. And basically <laughs> what it was about was, you know, these guys who go out and get an expensive guitar and they learn how to play three songs really well. <laughs> and then they go to the open mic night every yeah. week. And do those and same this, three songs. Same three yeah. songs. Yep. And they've been doing those same three songs I, since 1973. I've been to those open mics. You yeah. know, and, and it's like, like, that's great, <laughs> but, you know, what else you got, you yeah. know? And yeah. so you also have to look at it. It's not just the world that's going to say to you, what have you done for me lately? Well, right. You know? Right. You better say it to yourself. Yeah. You better say to yourself, what have I done lately? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot of people sat around since the uh, stay-at-home order, watched bad television, got fat. Yes. I've lost 15 pounds, added 10 pounds of muscle. I was going to say, yeah. Seven songs. This whole COVID-15 that they talk about, I'm like, not me. I was like, I I, I refused. Tore down an old fence, put in a new fence. Yep. You know, uh, planted three gardens in the house, you know, and, you know, well, basically I dig the holes. My girlfriend does. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just the muscle. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. Use the time you've got. And it's funny, I, I have a guitar player friend in town. I don't know if you know him or not. He's a fellow by the name of Johnny Rocks. And he was expressing a great appreciation for the fact that he's had downtime to remind him what he loved about music in loved. the first yeah. place. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think we sometimes forget that. And, and you know, so that, that whole thing about writer's block that you were talking about, I don't think it's really writer's block. You get busy or you don't have anything new to say. That's, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I don't think that anything really comes from us directly. I think, it, I think good songwriters are always conduits. Let's talk about that. It's interesting you say that because there was something that you just said that I, I've started to ask this to all my podcast guests. And because each one of us come from different backgrounds, each one of us come from different belief systems. And you mentioned you said the Bible calls it this. And I thought that was really intriguing to me because I grew up in a very 
conservative, traditional, religious home. So I'm very, I have a a deep history in biblical stuff. And so it's funny that you bring that up. And so it makes me want to ask each person that I interview, whether you're religious, you're an atheist, whatever it is, because I know for myself what I believe, where does music, inspiration, whatever you call it, in your life, in your mind, where does that come from for you? Well, I think I, yeah, I think some of it does come from us. Sure. You know, I th- you know, but I also think that some of it comes from the universe. You know, I think that that you know, th- there's a real possibility that uh, you know that's part of our purpose. Those of us that write, sure. whether it be prose or poetry or plays or movie scores or whatever it is, some of that comes from beyond us. Absolutely. I could not you know, agree more. And, yeah. you know, now the more influences you have, the more you have to work with. Yeah. So, you know, uh, my favorite band in the seventies, well, I, my two favorite bands were Led Zeppelin, which in the seventies is no surprise. Sure. But my second favorite band was a band called Gentle Giant, which were this absurdly progressive band. Yeah. Uh, everybody played five, six instruments. Wow. Uh, they all sang. They would do madrigals in the middle of a rock song. <laughs> the, and, and, you know, you could hear their influences. They were influenced by R&B and jazz yeah. and classical music and chamber yeah. music. And, and there was nothing that they were afraid to try. Sure. And, you know, so, you know, for me, I was into progressive rock. I liked progressive music because I grew up outside of Washington, D.C., yeah. and we'd go see the National Symphony on a field trip. Wow. You know, yeah. or my father would take us down uh, various times a year to hear the Marine Corps Glee Band wow. sing Christmas songs yeah. by the Capitol. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I grew up in a very cultured environment. Right. And when I came out here, there was very little culture. There's about 150,000 people yes. because, you know, yeah. there were, there were, you know, the, the city is like nearly 10 times, maybe even more than it was wow. when I first moved back here. Wow. And essentially all there was was dirt and rocks and right. except at the lake where there was dirt and rocks, water, dirt and rocks, you know, <laughs> sure. and, uh, yeah. you know, so uh, I really was not a big fan of living here until I think we mentioned this in a conversation we had until I went to Red Rock. Yes. I went to Red Rock and I was like, oh yeah, no, this all makes sense. This makes sense. You know. Another and then, place like that for me is Mount right. Charleston. Yeah, Mount Charleston. Yeah, yeah. yeah this makes yeah. sense. Yes. Okay, yeah. I get this. Yep. You were touching a little bit about some of your influences, which is where I want to go next, but I just want to wrap up this one point real quick. I totally relate to this idea of when you're doing something that you love and this is your purpose. And this is something that I've wrestled with a lot lately where I am really nobody as a musician right now. I am building this up, trying to make a name for myself, trying to, you know, but it's, it's hard, you know, like it's very challenging. If somebody were to say, are you happy right now? I don't know that I would say I'm happy, but I've never in my life felt more fulfilled. I've never in my life felt like I'm doing what I was created to do, like my purpose in life. And and a lot of this goes back to what you're saying, whether it be God or the universe or whatever, if there is a purpose for us and it's for me to spread joy or empathy or love or compassion or whatever it is through music to help people through hard times, to help people feel something that, that maybe they've never felt before. I've never found anything else in my life where like, will I ever walk away with, from music? I can't fathom ever doing that because I don't know what else I would do. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what else yeah, I would do other than create. Harry Chapin wrote this wonderful song about a uh, dry cleaner in Ohio. Okay. And uh, he would sing opera and he had this amazing operatic voice. Yeah. And people would say, you should be on the stage. And he would say, Music is my life. It's not my livelihood. Wow. And so, you know, I've always identified with that. Music is my life. It's what, you know, I feel kind of the same way about faith. I'm not a religious person. Sure. 
But faith is a different matter. For sure. You know, because, yes. you know, uh, religion, you know, it's subdivisions that I don't much care for. Sure. And, and I don't think they really serve any purpose. Sure. Other than to separate us from one another. Sure. But I wouldn't draw breath if I didn't have faith. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think most people forget that faith is not about religion at all. Right. It's, it's believing that there's some reason you're here. Right. And whether you know what that is yeah. or not, whether that's ever revealed to you. I mean, Van Gogh never sold a painting. Right. And that's the thing that I am constantly challenged with is this idea of if at the end of my life, if I never reach I'm using air quotes success by the way that I've defined it. Will I be fulfilled enough knowing that I've lived my life creating, bringing joy to other people? It might not be the amount of people that I wanted to bring joy to. It might be a much smaller amount. Will I be content and fulfilled with that? And I can honestly say, I don't know. You know, I hope so. I hope that I will always create. I hope that I will always just keep being diligent to my purpose. But I can also say that I'm sure you feel this way in some ways, like you want your music and you want your creations to be heard by as many people as possible. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so this Whether whole, I make like, any money on it or well, not. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that became a secondary issue to me a long time right. ago. But, but the funny thing is what comes along with that is would you be happy with a hundred or a thousand? or a million or 10 million, at some point you're going to get paid for that. Now that's not what drives you. No, not at all. But I can honestly say, if someone were to ask me, I would say, I think that I have music that could potentially be heard by millions of people. And, yeah, I, th- I, and, I, and, I, and that's what I drive for. Now, does that mean my drive is fiscal? <laughs> not no, as much, but no. and what I'm saying is, I'm trying to get to the point where if that never happens, that the fulfillment of creating is enough. And that's a hard thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you wrestle with that, but I, that's no, been a hard thing yeah, for me. I, you know what, I, 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 it's a funny thing. First working band I was ever in, I was 19 years old. We took the work seriously. And we had one friend, and, and, and I just heard from him for the first time in like 15 years ago, uh, 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 named Nick. And he was a good guitar player, but he was a spoiled rich kid. Yeah. And so we got a little sick of him. <laughs> Not because we didn't still love him, because he's one of those guys that's really, you know, even, even if he's a pain in the ass, he's hard not to love. So this fella came in, he auditioned. And he was 42 years old. So when you're 42 and I'm 19, that seemed ancient. Yeah. And he was living in his car with his gear. Mm. And at that point, my father's words went through my head. Son, you can do whatever you want, but you better either go to school or you better learn a trade. Right. And so I've learned many trades since. Yes. Because that gives you the ability to say no when you want to. Yes. You know, it's like. That's so true. You know, because I could have been in disco bands all through the late 70s. But it was like, no thank you yes no i i the freedom the more diverse you are and the freedom that comes with that i could not agree more absolutely you know and the thing is i think that uh uh, you know there's nothing wrong with being in a disco band sure okay that just didn't speak to me there's like 12 songs i think that still hold up right from that era that are great songs yeah you know, but 12 out of 5,000 was right. not a good odds. <laughs> it's not a good ratio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, we, we started running into it late in the, in the 80s with the hair bands. Yeah. You know, there were some great music that came out, and God knows there were some great guitar players that came out of that yeah. era. But as the era progressed and it became more and more tangible, monetizable for the record labels, I think the quality level substantially went down exponentially. Yes. Because the label knew that there was a market for it, that they were going to make money, whether you made money or not. Right. Yeah. I think people need to understand that, yeah, it's a business. So, you know, um, if the best thing I think you can do is try to take away as many reasons that Certain people will say no, but I think right. we're also in a we're in a different environment now 
because right. we can self-release. <clears throat> well, and we can self-publish. We can self-publish, and you have more power today than ever before to be in control of your own destiny, to have your own ship. You know what I'm saying? You can make your own decisions, but you have to be well diversified. You have to be well. You got to be able to support yourself in yes, the meantime. And, yes, and exactly. That's the thing that people forget. Correct. It's like, yep. I think as as artists. It's advisable to encourage people, but it's also uh, advisable to set realistic expectations. It's like, yes, you know, yeah. when I mentioned the NFL, 3,000 players right. out of a population of 7 billion, right. these are not good odds. So right. if you think you're going to just become the next hip-hop artist, right. well, you better be good and you better have something different about you. Yes. I've just gotten to the point where I realize that I'm okay. Yeah. You know, who I am is enough. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of people like what I do, and some people don't. Sure. And it, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be everybody's friend. Right. And I don't have to write for you. Right. I write for me. Yeah. You know, and... What's that? There's that line from, uh, this is a deep poll from Wayne's World, but Wayne and Garth are talking about music, and they're like... Why do they want us to do stuff that everybody wants to hear? Led Zeppelin didn't write songs everybody wanted to hear. They left that to the Bee Gees. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, yeah, and the truth of the matter is, Barry really did write for himself. People right. forget. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, that 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 the Bee Gees. It's funny you bring that up because that's in my top ten concerts of all time. Okay, so let's let's go there. We're, I want to wrap up this section before you play because we're getting ready to have you play a song, one of my favorites of yours, by the way. But before we do that. I want to wrap up this portion by asking you, you've mentioned so many different bands and influences and stuff like that, but I want you to give me your top five, but I want them to be your top five each from different genres. Cause I know you and I know, I know how <laughs> eclectic and how diverse you are. So give me your top five influences each from a different genre. Okay. Well, first of all, deep purple. Okay. Um, you know, and that they were considered progressive. I never really considered them progressive. I considered them a hard rock band, yeah. but um, yeah, Deep Purple. Uh, in the progressive field, uh, it's a toss-up between Gentle Giant and Genesis. Okay. I, I prefer um, the Peter Gabriel era of Genesis sure. to their more commercially successful era. Yep. Um, in jazz, I was a big Weather Report fan. I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. Yeah, Weather Report uh, uh, had some of the finest musicians in the world uh, in it. Mm -hmm. And the rotating roster. Yeah. But you may have heard the name Jaco Pistorius. He was a bass player. Okay, I know that. Very, name. very, yeah. very innovative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so in, in jazz, that would probably be it. Um, in 60s rock, um, absolutely the Beatles. Sure. You know, yep. um, be because I don't think that really is defined by its time. I think those songs are timeless. For sure. I would you, agree you with know. that. Yeah. And then. Yep. Um, in the later eras, uh, the more contemporary era, um, I don't know. I was not, you know, I, I'm a fan of a lot of bands, but um, I think the bands that are interesting to me right now are bands like Panic at the Disco, yeah, which is really different. But to me, it harkens back to the what I used to call the English Tarzan singing, you know, <laughs> dance music era. Yeah. You know, where they yeah. all, if I should follow, you know, they all, <laughs> you know, they all, they all sang with that big round voice. And, yeah. and uh, um, you know, um, I, I liked, I, I like Panic because, well, first of all, they're a local band. Yes. You know, yeah. and um, there's a lot of hidden meanings in their, in their song, songs, you sure. know, and yeah. so I like that yeah. because... It sounds like he's just singing pop songs, but he's talking about some pretty deep stuff. Some deep stuff, yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, so you know, in the contemporary era, I'd probably pick Panic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, those would probably be my five. So uh, what was really interesting was I am going to use this as a segue for you to plug where we can find your music, but the, the place where you pointed me to originally was Reverb Nation. Right. And uh, when I started, everything's up on Reverb. When I started scrolling through your Reverb Nation, I got to about the third or fourth song. And I was like, oh my God, the variety. There was everything from this Americana, like the the up around the bend that you heard. Then there's some straight up like 
kind of 80s metal sound and stuff there's the bluesy jazz fusion stuff that you were talking about and then there's like one song toward the end that's almost like this latin santana kind of feeling thing you know and so it was just so i i was just so impressed by this so for those of you listening if you have enjoyed here in this conversation and if you've enjoyed uh kelly's music so far i want to encourage you check out his vast variety of music that he has out there. I mean, again, I think you would really dig just hearing his voice and his style of, of playing in all these different genres. Give us some plugs. Where can we find you online? Uh, well, uh, pretty much everything that I, I want available is on Reverb Nation. Uh, of course, I've still got a, I've still got a good number of songs to record. Uh, Up Around the Bend is available on iTunes and Amazon Music and, of course, Spotify if you yeah. just want to listen. And all the other major sales platforms. Uh, there was a bit of a glitch when I set up the account. So some of my other songs, like uh, This Way Again, which was supposed to be on there, yeah. uh, is is not yet for sale, but Got will it. be. But you can buy it at uh, Reverb Nation. I want to encourage all of you listeners, especially you music lovers out there, as you can hear, Kelly has not only a great library of songs already out there, great variety of styles and genres, but he's got so much coming down the pike. He's got so many ideas. Yeah, once we can get everybody in the same room Right, exactly. But even more than that, please, if you have enjoyed Kelly, enjoy his music, go and invest in Kelly as an artist. I would encourage you, don't stream. Go purchase his songs on iTunes, on uh, Reverb Nation. That's going to give him the seed money that he needs to continue to create. That we as artists, we need people to believe in us. And it doesn't have to be every person. I get like there are songs I hear on the radio that I'm not going to go buy their album, but there are some that I have to go buy that because I want to invest in them because I want, I believe in that band and that artist because I want them to keep putting out that quality music. And so if you are listening, please uh, help propel Kelly and his music and in his creating. And um, we're getting ready to hear personally my favorite of his. And it's one that is not up for sale yet, but this is what we're helping to fund as we as we invest in him. This is I'm so excited about this song. I'm gonna have you play it and then we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about it. Here it is. This is a brand new song, not yet out for sale, but hopefully in the very near future. This song is called See You Around. Ain't it funny how you always got a buddy when you got some money to spend? Everybody wants to fight your battles, everybody wants to be your friend. But now are the friends, the summertime soldiers. They're so easy to find till the party is over. Then there's a seal around, yeah. Things are gone better for you They say, I see you around, yeah Then I find somebody new There are women who can tell when you've been winning And they just won't leave you alone When you're losing, it's so hard to find those ladies You just sit at home, way by the phone But lovers like that, they're not with you trouble When the pressure is on, they'll be busting your bubble. They say, I'll see you around, yeah. So things have gone better for you. They say, I'll see you around, yeah. So then I find somebody new. chose this song for a specific reason. And even though it's not available yet, I just wanted to expose people to it because uh, first of all, I love songs that are 
just fun. They're energetic. They're catchy. And it just, to me, it sounds like a hit song. So much so that wherever I go, when I hear an independent artist perform, the songs that always stand out to me is if I come up to you and go, wait, is that your song? Or (laughs) who does that song? Because honestly, like when you were singing See You Around at Open Mic, I was kind of like, wait, is this a cover? And, And I love that. I love the fact that that happens at Open Mic all the time and that we have such great songwriters that they are writing songs that already sound like legendary songs, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's, uh, um, it's kind of a funny thing. I always, um, as I said earlier, I try not to write the same song twice, but um, I don't mind uh, putting my material in. And in fact, I have usually insisted on, unless I'm, in a higher band for hire situation where, sure. you know, uh, I'm being hired to pay somebody else's stuff, which has been the norm for me for about the last 10 years. I've always played original music and I never announce it. Yeah. I would just play it and it would fit within the framework. Yeah. And then I would get that reaction that you were just talking about. Right. You know, which is, that's a cool song. Who's that by? And yeah. Go, yeah. Well, that's one of my kids. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, um, so then they kind of go, wow, you know, and and that's good to hear. I don't write songs trying to make them poppy or trying to make them catchy. Right. It just, you know, you're sitting around and it comes to you and if it's poppy and it's catchy. Well, but if you're anything. They kind of write themselves and then you kind of clean up the message. Correct. And I would argue you don't write them for that purpose. But I, I don't know about you, but for me. I'm a sucker for a good hook. So when I'm writing, my ear is always drawn to a melody. Like if it's an easily forgettable melody, then I it usually I don't usually don't develop it. Like it's got to be something that just Yeah, you want to be able to hum it burns. In your head. Yeah, it's something that's burned into your like there are melodies still that I have ideas for that I've not done anything but I'm just like I've got to because it's such a it's it's something that I can't get rid of you know right. what I'm saying so you, when your ears drawn to that you're going to be prone to write some catchier tunes you know what I'm saying well I, you know I mean uh, most of my most of my material uh, the current batch of songs all have very strong hooks yeah you know they, um, yeah I you can know, attest so, to that for uh, sure yeah. and the thing about see you around is those are the quick relationships. Right. Those are the ones that you think, man, oh, this is great. You know, these guys are great and you know, we're having a good time and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden there's a bye-bye now, you know, because, right. you know, the, the beer or the weed or the drugs or dries up. The, the money dries yeah, up. And, exactly. And, uh, you know, and, and they're gone. And, you know, I, I had a good friend. I won't mention his name because he's still very much alive and doing quite well. <laughs> but okay. uh, he... Uh, he went through a patch when he was about 30, he married a young girl, and he, uh, you know, basically blew a ton of money on her, and then she left him Wow, for somebody with more cocaine. Wow. And, you know, he was, he was a little depressed, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I basically talked him off the ledge, and he's, yeah. of course, still with us. But, yeah. but one of the things that I told him at the time was, you can't be angry at some 18-year-old girl that you fell in love with who has no <laughs> idea who she is yet. True. You know, yeah. so, you know, people will do you wrong in your life. Yeah. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Walk away by all means. Right, right. By all means, walk away. Well, and but I don't judge them because you've probably been that same way at some point, you know. Yes, and I would say, so that that's an interesting take on it because I'll kind of springboard off of that into how this song was so meaningful to me basically it's so funny when I listen to other podcasts I hear them talking about how like it's like their own little personal therapy session and that's never (laughs) been truer than for me the last several that I've done like you have an idea the last three or four that I've recorded I've in the middle of I'm, I'm like going oh my god this is so cathartic it's like I'm it's like I'm doing this and I and I feel like I need to be paying you for therapy you know so no but the the song um so I've mentioned this on, on one of the other podcasts, like I've noticed over the last couple of years, just some uh, codependent tendencies in myself right? because I'm a people pleaser and I like to make, keep people happy and all this kind of stuff. And to the point where it's like you end up compromising who you are. Sometimes the person is trying to take advantage of you. Other times they're not even trying to take advantage of you, but they do, you know, and right, so because do. you allow, but it's because I they allow them. Allow it. Yes. Yeah. And this is the perfect example of what we were talking about earlier about, I feel like this theme 
this topic has been written about ad nauseum, but for some reason, this song that you wrote, it stands out to me in a way. There's something, maybe it's because of what I'm going through at the moment. Maybe it's the, the verbiage that you used. There's something about it that speaks to me and creates um, change, catharsis, whatever it is. It's revelation, whatever you want to call it. And it forces me to look at that in a different way and go, oh yeah, it's almost convicting. Like, oh yeah, I need to change this about myself, you know? And right. so it's interesting how, again, this theme that's been sung and talked about over and over and over and over again, for some reason, this one stands out to me. Well, and I'm not mad at anybody in the song. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm just acknowledging that this is how life is. This is how life is. That's a you good know, point. Yeah. Know, and I, I, I'm not mad at anybody. But, right. you know, it, it's like, okay, moving on. Right. You know, and, and you know, if I was going to write a third verse, which I, you know, I, I was joking with Joey, you know, Joey wrote these uh, wonderful long songs. Yes. I, I was joking with him. I said, Joey, if I can't get my message across in two or three verses, <laughs> I'm basically screwed anyway. Joey's got some long songs, but they, but, but they're wonderful. But they're wonderful because he tell the story he's he telling tells you a story. is incredible. He's a great storyteller. If you and I get into a third verse, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, if you don't get the message <laughs> this, you know, by now, yeah. but the message message is simple sure you know people will you know when you're doing well they want to be your friends yeah you know when you're not doing so well they kind of you know lose your number yeah yeah you know and then when you call them up it's like who's this again all right music lovers we have some brand new bonus content we want to share with you shortly after this interview kelly went back into the studio and knocked out an incredible version of this song and as of the release of this episode it is now available on all major platforms so go find it go download it here's kelly dorn with his brand new single see you around This has been so much fun. Um, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, and right before we go, are there any other plugs as far as social media if people want to follow what's going on with you? I'm usually just on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I, I uh, close my Twitter account because I refuse to go on any <laughs> any social media platform that the root word is twit. 
a guy. <laughs> Good point. Good point. It works great for some people, yeah. but uh, yeah, I just uh, I don't want to be a twit. So right. Um, but yeah, usually you know I I have the any dates that I'm working. Of course, I've been working for the last four and a half years before the stay at home uh, at New York, New York on Tuesday nights oh, with yeah. uh, uh, the uh, Celtic Rockers. Uh, and uh, in the Irish pub, uh, which is something that I never thought I'd do in my life. That's great, man. Yeah. And it, well, it is. It's actually very cool. Yeah. You are such a hardworking musician. You go out there. You are constantly just pounding the pavement. You're doing the work. You're doing what needs to be done. And, uh, and I appreciate that when I see that in a musician, you know, not afraid to do the difficult things, to do the stuff that sucks because you've got that end goal in mind. Like you've got your, your craft and your art in mind. And I just, I love that about you. Um, so please go check out Kelly Dorn, K-E-L-L-Y-D-O-R-N on Facebook. Yep. Right. Yep. And uh, go find his, his music on iTunes, Amazon, on Reverb Nation, all those major places. Please go go invest, go buy, go download. And that'll some be of under Kelly stuff. D. Typically, Kelly Ke- D. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly D. D. Yep. And don't get confused because uh, there's there's only one of me, but there's a lot of people apparently. I didn't realize until I posted it. There's a lot of people operating under Kelly, Kelly D. D. Yeah. <laughs> and this conversation has been so awesome. As we were talking uh, during one of the breaks, it's been um, just so uh, engaging. Uh, I could sit here and talk probably for another hour. We'll have to figure out an, another episode to do with you well, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. This has been awesome, man. Uh, thanks. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sing Along Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to click that subscribe button and then share this podcast with other music lovers and songwriters. If you'd like to submit a song or another artist, you can email me at singalongpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's singalongpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. But until then, this is Casey from Second Echo saying, don't be afraid to write a new melody. And don't ever forget when you find one to sing along. Mm-hmm.